Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Chris Nome is all about music and the lack of live music in Washington, D.C. Uh, Chris is part of Listen Local First. If you've listened to this show at all over the past 12 years, you've heard him on the show a handful of times. Wonderful advocate for live music in and around Washington, D.C. Times are weird. There aren't shows right now, which means we're not doing live shows right now. Uh, due to coronavirus, and that's why we now have a Patreon account. Consider donating at you, me, them, everybody.com. It's in every single podcast description since this all began in March. It's also on our About page. If you're listening to this in Spotify or iTunes, that's just wonderful. We don't get anything from that. Please consider going to you, me, them, everybody.com to donate to our Patreon. Without further ado, Christopher Nome. I'll start this how I start this with everybody for the last seven months. How has your COVID decade been? <laughs> um, after the sourdough, uh, after the sourdough and Tiger King um, era, you know, it kind of, uh, it all sorts of sort of starts to uh, blend together as we entered into the summer. So uh, it's been, it's been okay. We've been surviving, keeping myself busy, uh, have, spending a lot of time with my toddler, mm-hmm. doing a lot of uh, advocacy work for the for the local music community. So uh, you know, overall, I'm 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 alive. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Do will there be a local commu- music community if this lasts another year? Yeah, you know, good uh, good question. I mean, I think uh, I think everyone understands the strength of and the power of music and the strength of our creatives and our musicians. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I don't think they're going to forget how to play their instruments or sing. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're still doing it. Uh, so music will still exist. Individual musicians will still exist, but will a music community in DC exist? Uh, I don't know. It depends what it, what you consider the music community. Is the music community just the musicians or do you need people working sound you need venues do you need uh you know support structures do you need events and festivals to consider a successful music community i think i would say yes and all of that other stuff except for the musicians themselves are in jeopardy and i'd even say the lot the the, (laughs) having the musicians remain in dc uh might be in jeopardy those individual musicians will be fine but will they stay here uh, or will they move away or will, they, you know, will they have to go, you know, somewhere else? Uh, that's, that's all up in the air. You're part of Listen Local First. You care about this stuff probably more than the average citizen, but do you worry that there won't be anywhere for people to play? That is the biggest, uh, that's the biggest worry right now we have had since since covid there have been four venues and i think i'm i think recently we've even had other announcements so there are four venues that close one is going to close one's announced it's closing in the next year uh we've had and and just from talking to venue owners i know that we're having you know probably another five to six closing in the next couple months and that's uh, in 2003, other venues closed prior to COVID. So we're talking about a city that has about 70 music venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music venues that closed due to COVID happen to be the lounges that cater to jazz and soul and funk, primarily spaces for black musicians. 
And those are the ones that have closed. And the ones that are going to close are also spaces for black musicians, LGBTQ community, more, you know, the, musicians that play not your standard like pop or hip hop or whatever, but maybe more experimental music, these alternate uh, venues that allow, that are really part of the essential stepping stone of any creative community. Cause you've got the nine thirty clubs or whatever, but if you don't have, you know, if you don't have the twins jazz, mm -hmm. the ESL, you know, Rhizome has announced that they're going to be closing. If you don't have those places, there's no stepping stone to these other venues when you, when you've made it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's what's in jeopardy right now. Those are the venues that I'm not sure are going to be able to hold on for another six months the way we're going if there's not some sort of relief or if we as a community don't come together and as a, you know, and as a city come together to provide some sort of assistance. Okay, what, what should be... You're not part of the federal government. I get that. The idea of the federal government stepping in and help with this right now seems absurd for obvious reasons considering our timeline but dc itself can be doing a lot uh the dc government could be doing a lot are you happy with what's going on with the dc government's response so look it's not i'm not i'm not going to put myself myself in the shoes of the government dealing with you know a huge upcoming deficit you know supposedly in the 1.5 billion dollar uh range mm -hmm. uh, conveniently that 1.5 billion was what we dc had for its rainy day fund so at least like we'll be covered for for one for the next year in terms of budgets and and, and i don't you know i feel bad for the people for the decision makers however i do know that that the budget and supporting there there, there are certain things that need there's certain and we it's also a, a false choice that there are some things you need to support and some things you don't there are ways to support you know, many different activities, many different um, communities that really need support. Um, I think that the city needs to understand that music venues, unlike a lot of other businesses, not only support their direct staff, which is like wait staff, bar staff, you know, kitchen, kitchen staff, you know, stuff like that, especially those that have, you know, full kitchens and, you know, whatever, you know, name name the other people that work within the building but they also support an entire other industry and that industry is music which includes the musicians themselves which includes you know stage hands which includes sound men sound engineers managers so there are very few types of businesses that support themselves and it also a whole other community slash economy mm -hmm. of 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 a city so so that's how I look at musicians and if you, uh, music venues. And if you put them, if you put music venues in that in that light, then you realize that there are a handful of them, and 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 with the with the appetite with the development appetite in the city, if a music venue goes down, there's it's it's not very likely that a music venue is going to pop up in its place. It's going to turn into condos. It's going to turn into business. It's going to turn into a chain because, because really the economics are people aren't dying to open music venues. It's not like a, a high profit margin business. So we have to place these extra steps. We have to take these extra steps to sustain and support these culture, cultural institutions. Art is not, art is not, we do not support art and art is not a money-making business. It does not fit into capitalist ideals. Art is something you need to protect and you need to save. You need to say, I value this, I protect this. 
you know, there's the, there's the, there's the number that says, you know, for every $1 spent on a ticket for a music event, $12 are spent within the community of that, of that, on that night or on that thing. So that's a huge, that's a huge multiplier. I mean, and that's, that's been studied in cities around the world. So, I mean, you're talking about a real economic driver for all entertainment districts within a city. Music isn't just like the place itself. It brings people out. It gets people excited. It keeps people out. Mm -hmm. And so that's the city just needs to think of it that way. And if you think of it that way, you realize the support it needs. And so we've drafted this, you know, it's coalition of musicians after the music venue relief act with the purpose of, uh, you know, providing funding, emergency relief funding for these venues for the next six months. And it would be on a sliding scale based on square footage. So not every venue would necessarily receive the same amount, mm -hmm. but we've talked to many music venue owners over the past six months. Cause we've been hosting weekly phone calls on Mondays and Thursdays at 1 PM. And we've had almost, I mean, I don't know, 30 venue owners come through the calls and talk and share their issues and their concerns and share support for this, this legislation. So, you know, we can't lose any more venues and this is the way we're going to, we're not going to lose them. Yeah. To add on that is that the city has recently announced that they have this uh, live music pilot program where they're going to allow six venues to try out live concerts indoors with 50 people. Uh, you know, the people can't be set up more than 30 feet from the stage. The artists have to be spread out six feet on the stage. And then they people can be in groups, but no more than six. Everyone needs to be seated. Everyone needs to be temper checked. Yada 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 yada. They haven't expressed how what type of data they're actually going to collect mm -hmm. from this, or whether they're going to they're going to make people uh, download contact tracing apps because I think that's something that could be really important. Um, but they're doing this, and basically, I've talked to multiple venue owners and say we're going to participate, but this is going to have we're going to lose money. Really quick before you continue, this is the thing that most pe not most people, but if you're listening to this, you probably have at least heard about this program. It was announced five days ago. The, the six venues that you're referring to are City Winery, Gala Hispanic Theater, Pearl Street Warehouse, the Kennedy Center, and the, the Hamilton and Union Stage. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. all starts on Halloween, um, which is either a brilliant idea or a horrible idea, considering Halloween is probably top five, like we're going out across the country nights when it comes to live music. Yeah. When I think of Halloween, I think of parties and, and, and shows and, and maybe groups of six, but definitely not spread out. And I don't see how any, how this is going to be doable specifically on Halloween. But everyone is naturally wearing a mask, right? So that's a good in theory, <laughs> in theory. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, I think this is, I think it's important to test and use a pilot. What I'm worried is, is that the city announced this as a showing that, look, we're trying to get music yeah. venues open as soon as possible, so we don't need to pass music venue relief, which is wrong. This is not like venues so are you're, closing. You, you are, your theory is that this was a, a Band-Aid measure to not actually fund any venues for the next six months. I I don't know. I think it's important to do a pilot program, but if 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 just announcing that they're trying to bring back music quickly is is a way to divert having to put you know a chunk of change into into supporting these venues then 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 no it's a bad it's a bad plan yeah i don't know if it's actually used i don't know if they they want to do this but they're all still going to 
you know, as far as I know, they don't want to support the music venue relief until there's federal aid. And right now, like you said, I don't know. You know, we just had the heroes, the new version of the Heroes Act pass, and mm-hmm. it includes the Save Our Sages legislation, which is supposed to support, support venues. But I don't. You know, it seems like the mayor is just waiting for federal legislation. But how many venues do you need? Do you need a third of our venues to close? And a third of our venues, meaning a majority of the venues that support, you know, black and brown artists to close before you take any action? I, I just like, I don't understand. I don't, you know, there, 24% as of, I, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but as of, uh, the beginning of September, only 24% of the CARES Act funding has been spent in D.C. That funding needs to be spent by the end of the year. So I, I don't care. Maybe it's been allocated. Maybe it hasn't. You just announced $6,000 per venue, per, per restaurant for uh, grants available for winterization. If every if every restaurant took up that $6,000, then that would cost more than than the than the legislation to support the uh, to support the music venues. And that money came from CARES Act, so so they pulled that out of their ass. I'm not out of their ass. I mean, they, they, they did that. That's great. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so there is CARES Act funding available. What I'm interested uh, in is: has there been any talk of using those six thousand dollars per restaurant for heater allocations, and possibly doing a not permanent, but a semi-regular neighborhood festival? with heat lamps and stuff booked by places that are in the community that are unable to operate. For example, you mentioned Rhizome, right? Rhizome's in Tacoma Park. Their downtown Tacoma Park is essentially shut down in a a very nice way to allow eating uh, on the street. Same thing with Adams Morgan, right? How about Songbird programs that on one side and um, the Jazz Club programs the other side? Or maybe... According according to... According to whatever we're in phase two mm-hmm. restrictions, there's no live music. So I just had the owner of Jojo's ask like, why can't we just have a two person jazz? We're outside. We're serving outside. Why can't we have a two person jazz group there playing while people are having their dinner? Like we're a jazz club. You well, th- that's tricky. Hold on. Hold on one second. This is a very Chicago with the exact same issue. It's the horns. If you're doing, no. a, hold on, hold on. If you're doing a two-piece jazz thing without horns, if you're just doing like vibes and drums, yeah, why not? That's of course you should be able to do that. That being said, if you're like a trumpet and a sax actually, and that's it, maybe actually, not that. Actually, that's incorrect because if you look at the we we had a we had some NIH scientists on on our calls and and brass kills the coronavirus within seconds. Well, then mandatory so, brass bands in every neighborhood. Come on. Well, what I'm saying is that a horns horns are coated in brass, so n- n- very little of that air. Think of think of how a trumpet works. Mm-hmm. Very little of that air goes directly through the curly cues and out the you know out the out the front without touching any form of brass coating. So actually, brass singing is way more dangerous and and emits way more um, particles into the air than well part coronavirus particles into the air than a brass instrument does. It's a good point. That's a great point. Thank you for making it. I didn't know that, and that's an important thing that we should know. And yeah, you're right. Why I don't, I don't understand I don't, the yeah. if, if we're open for booze and food, we're not open for music. Now, I understand if you're not doing any of it, that makes sense to me. But the the part and parcel thing, I, there's no winning in this. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying anyone's doing the right thing versus anyone's doing the wrong thing. It just seems like a very yeah. difficult task, and you're trying to advocate for people that are probably not thought of first when you think of coronavirus. And I'm not advocating for places to open up for music. I'm advocating, I don't think we want more people out right now. 
I think we're entering a dangerous period. I think we need people staying indoors, staying in their places. I don't think this is the time to, to you know, when we're entering cold season, flu season, I don't think this is the time to open up. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think we do need support to get us through, you know? So yeah. I, I understand that some places have, have, like, I don't think everyone should just open up and start playing music. If they're gonna, if they're gonna do food, they should allow some, some people to have music, yes, but I also am very, very cautious about people gathering right now and don't think it's a good idea. So based on that statement, I think I know the answer to this question, but do you, would you feel comfortable attending a show right now? I mean, it depends if it's outdoors. Let's say it's out. Let's say it's the roof of the Kennedy center. <laughs> what are you, are you, are you, are you talking about a heist $375 felony party that's, uh, that's going on? I was alluding to it only because I'm looking at the other uh, organizations that have been uh, asked to resubmit plans for outdoor entertainment. One of those is that, but yeah. I was just thinking of that because the Kennedy center is so interesting to me because number one, it's gigantic, but in order to get to the roof, you have to go inside. So it's this mixed bag thing of like, will people be sharing elevators? That's going to be inherently more dangerous than anybody on the roof. But in order to get to the roof, you need to go in an elevator. Yeah. So would you you feel comfortable going to that? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think I personally would. There was a brass band that played in the circle next to my house and I did go out there and listen to them. Um, there is this band that's doing shows in Rose Park on the weekends. There's been like some outdoor go-go things where people have been spread out. I mean, I would probably go to one of those, but like if, you know, more than 50 or a hundred people start showing up, I'd probably move away. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous about the situation right now and 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 while i miss music i think we can all hold on a little bit longer and do what we can to support our institutions so we don't lose them and make sure everyone's safe and bring music back you know without these sort of worries i mean i'm a festival organizer so i can't i put on events because i enjoy doing these events to bring people joy like bring people together and bring people joy and how could you potentially do any sort of event that, that that's open to the public for the purpose of bringing people joy when in the back of everyone's head is, am I going to die from being here? We're both parents. I, I, it, this is all hypothetical, obviously. I do not think I would be living the same way through this if I didn't have a child. Let's say you don't have a child. Would sure. you feel more comfortable going to any concert right now? I think I'm more worried about like my parents and the older people in my, in my life than the, uh, than, than the child. So it's the same answer for you. You still wouldn't feel comfortable. I don't, I mean, maybe ask me if I wasn't married. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're in your early twenties. Married and single. And, and I knew that like very few people in their twenties were actually getting it. And I, I wasn't around my parents. I wasn't seeing parents or older people. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably be out more. Yeah. And those are the people that fuel these venues, and I feel horrible for them. I don't feel good for anybody in this, but in a weird way, you have a toddler, I have a toddler. In in a weird way, it's actually easier with a toddler because hopefully they won't remember any of this, and this isn't taking away their, like, prime going out years. And, And it's not like, you know, 
mentally scarring them because they're, they're in their early developmental yeah. phases and they can't understand what's going on. <laughs> it's like every everything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I glad. actually think that they're not getting scarred as much as anyone older than anyone older than like ten. They're not, yeah, but that age. I'm talking about the ten. I think the ten to seven year olds are the ones that are that are that are going to be the hardest hit by this. Yeah. I, I yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm interested to think. I'm interested to hear what comes of this sound from now because all I think about when I think about live music is the rehearsal stuff that goes into it. Because as somebody that used to play in bands, playing the show is usually like five percent of your time. The rest of your time is spent rehearsing or booking the show or getting to the show. It's all the stuff around the show, and you can't do any of that safely right now so who's even able to rehearse safely who's a who's getting together are are we going to see way fewer bands and way more solo artists are we going to see so many people drop instruments that they have to lug around and go to computers because that's easier to make solo it'll be interesting to see what the sound that's popular in like five years is because of this time Mm, that's really interesting yeah i don't Oh yeah, that that you, you make you make a great point. I think that I think that um, I don't see a lot of people posting about band practice. I also think there's like some sort of public shaming. Like people aren't gonna. I, I see people not posting so much about getting together with mm-hmm. other people. Um, but like, yeah, I'm sure there are some sort of band practices. Kind of hard, you know. It's really interesting. It's also time for innovation. So yeah. like, so like you know constantly tracking what are the apps what are the programs that allow simultaneous you know uh simultaneous transfer of video image without like any sort of lag or stuff like that so you can actually be in the same room as someone you know through a video screen and like practice together on an instrument i I mean i'm sure there are technologies that are trying to perfect this right now absolutely but you and i both know that like there's there's a, there's a, there's a lack there. There you're it's not the same joy, man. You you're yeah, you're a festival organizer. There's a totally it's a totally different experience even though you're technically doing the same motion to emit the same sound, the feel which you can't quantify is so different. And And I have, I have to admit and for that reason like I I I'm you know, there're all these festivals online and stuff like that and concerts online and people sitting down. I mean like I'm ADD. Like I'm not I'm really not sitting down to watch a two hour long, you know, festival yeah. on my computer. I, it, it, it's very hard for me. I, <laughs> um, I, I mean, in the evenings, if I have time and something's on, I'll go on and check out who's doing like live performances on Instagram and stuff like that. If someone's streaming, you know, if someone released a video series, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. But it's, it's, it's hard to sit, you know, to, 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 to get the same joy out of watching music on a screen. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's just not, there i i I mean i'm i do it because i feel like i should be doing i should be donating and i should be supporting but like not doesn't doesn't really get me excited let's try to end with something remotely positive is that possible right now yeah 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 Yeah, okay we got some good stuff yeah name one positive thing that you're happy about from the dc music community we we have a lot of uh aside from what's happening federally we have a lot of important local elections coming up and uh, we have put out a candidate checklist and survey. So uh, I'm excited that all the candidates are, are weighing in. 
about how what music means to them and they're filling out the checklist and we're going to have all that information up on listen local first so you know really engaging with your local politicians because the change changes can be made i mean if, if the system isn't working here and we're not able to get what we want there's new we're gonna have two new council members at least uh you know coming uh coming november 3rd so that's that's important and that's that's exciting it's exciting to see that over the past couple of years, people, more and more people care about music and, and all these council members are engaging and filling out the survey. And if you want to join our weekly calls, you know, shoot an email, listen local first at gmail.com because, you know, every, every call over the next four weeks, we've got a different council member candidate giving 15 minute presentations and introductions to our call in our community. And so it's really just, I mean, that's an exciting thing to see, you know, in this, you know, crazy time. 